Hi, I'm Ben Stanhope. And I'm Zach Lewald. And I'm Jake. And welcome to the, the movie, movie Vault. Vault or the Movie Network. Because we're doing the social network today. And you're on, a, you're on a streaming service, which is technically like a social network. You might be seeing something about this on Facebook, but probably not because we don't have a Facebook. But anyway, this movie was directed by none other than David Fincher and released in the year um, 2010. It grossed $224.9 million on a $40 million budget and got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 96% and was also Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie of the 2010s. That that has big like big it's big. My favorite movie of the twenty tens too. And it's Jake's. I would argue that that's more important than what Tarantino thinks because <laughs> yes. Tarantino's kind of he's kind of annoying to listen. Does to. Does Tarantino have a letterbox? Uh, probably not. Yeah, you know and who Jake do, does. You know who does yeah. have a letterbox? That guy, the guy who made Searching, he has a letterbox. Oh you can really? Follow him. Yeah. Uh, does so, he have three hundred followers like me? Uh, he might not. You have three hundred followers? That's yeah. Very Go follow. Wait, what's your letterbox? Um. It's like Film Talk YP, oh, yeah. right? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, go follow Jake on Letterboxd and follow me on Letterboxd, Titanium Vulture. It's a stupid name, but I haven't upgraded to Pro, so I can't change it. And also follow <laughs> the Movie Vault Pod at just the Movie Vault Pod. I'm used uh, to saying at, but the Movie Vault Pod on Letterboxd. And we might as well go over our social media while we're at it. Go ahead. So email us at themovievaultpod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at themovievaultpod. And our Twitter is at MovieVaultPod, where, where we were retweeted by none other than Bernie Rayo. The director of Killer Sofa. So yes. that is big news. And we thank Bernie. We know he retweets a lot of things about his movie, but we appreciate the gesture mm-hmm. because we, we don't have a huge Twitter following. It helps yeah. us out a lot. Ben, you know what we just did? We actually plugged it at the beginning. Yeah. We have been talking about time. doing that for weeks, but we never got around to actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Zach, what you, do you think about this movie? This is a movie that you are listening to on a social network right now about the start of a social network that is might or might not be accurate. I know that's literally just a statement, but it's what I thought of this movie. Wait, did you actually say anything of substance in that, or are you just saying, like, this might be important or it might not? It's up for interpretation. Zach, did you like the movie? I love the movie. Oh, that's what we're getting into now. Yeah. So we have, the, we have three categories that we, like, rate movies in at the start of the podcast and we call it botch watcher top notch so botch would be like it's despicable and horrible nobody should watch it uh watch is like most movies are like in the bell curve of like watch like some general area of like yeah you should watch this if you're interested in it and then top notch is like you shouldn't go the rest of your life without like you need to watch it <laughs> this instant so uh it's essential uh, yeah it's essential to film in general if you like film so uh, I'm just going to go straight out of the bat. I think it's definitely a higher-end watch for me. I don't think it's top-notch, and I know Jake might disagree with me, which is great. I love that. I very and, much disagree. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I really love this movie. Maybe it'll take a couple more viewings for me to, uh, one, fully understand everything that happens because it was very fast-paced, but for now I'm going to give it a top a top-notch of a watch. So you're saying you're giving it a top watch? Top watch. Or we just invented a fourth category, which totally dilutes our our system, but whatever. Who cares? Um, uh, I would give it a top notch, I think, because I, I, I like this film is really important. So like, like the, when this film came out, it was a big deal, and like a lot of people would argue that it's David Fincher's best film, and David Fincher is one of the most important directors of our time. So I would argue that it's top notch, even if I like a few other of David Fincher's films better than this one. I think it's top notch. It's my second favorite movie of all time, and I've watched it twice in the last twenty-four hours. That is true. And I saw when I saw I saw you watch it yesterday. I was like, oh, I hope he like isn't 
like he gets here and he's like oh we're watching it again but yeah we definitely are filming this way later than i thought we were but <laughs> yeah I don't really care. We, we are a little bit slow we will admit that um so, so what is your f- favorite movie then your first back one. to the future that's a good one it's yeah. in my top it's i think it's in my top 50 it's cl- it's somewhere around yeah. there but it, they're um, very close though very close yeah yeah that's like me with donnie darko and inglorious bastards i just go back and forth. donnie darko is number one right now though right yeah right. i did move donnie darko up to number one so go back and listen to our donnie darko episode to know why yeah jake gyllenhaal yeah okay so the plot of this movie is basically you can just look up mark zuckerberg on uh, wikipedia <laughs> and you can find out all the stuff that happened in this movie uh but it's just like uh, the story of Mark Zuckerberg inventing Facebook, and uh, he had this. What, so there's who, who's the other the his second Eduardo. In command, Eduardo, yes, and then the, he the the twins. Oh yeah, the I should be asking Jake these. The Winklevoss here. twins. The Winklevoss twins. So they had the original idea for Harvard Connection. He sort of stole it from them. It's debated over whether he really stole it from them or whether they just didn't have the. Uh, the nece- the necessary talent to make it a he did lead them on a little bit no matter what and then he he's and, not good at communication and then Justin Timberlake plays uh, Sean, Sean Parker Sean Parker who is a famous internet um, business person known for making Napster mostly and one of the most annoying characters I've ever seen in a movie I wanted to punch him through the screen I actually liked him so I don't know what that says about me but how how in the world could you like him. He, um, everything about he's him. He's purposely unlikable through yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, but like, you know, he's cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think he is at all. Uh, I, I mean, I guess, you, I suppose you're right. Like, if you actually objectively look at what he does, he just has an engaging personality. He really, all he does, he sort of does some things to help Facebook, but he does like double the amount to drag Facebook down because he's like totally distracting everyone who's working at the house hey, it's from JT, what they're doing. Though. It's, JT. it's JT though. He can do whatever he wants. Or it's Sean Parker. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But you can tell why he flamed out because he didn't have necessarily the dedication that he, he's more of a visionary. Yeah. There's actually a very interesting thing about this movie. The whole like thing that pushed off the whole Facebook and face mash and stuff was his girlfriend. Yes. And she doesn't even exist in Wait. real life. They just m- made that whole thing up. Wait, seriously? Yeah, so Mark Zuckerberg didn't take this movie very well, obviously. Uh, yeah, well, that's like yeah. a huge part of this movie. Yeah, it was in the movie it was sort of like a catalyst uh, to like push it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this, it wasn't out of spite. He just wanted to create a social networking forum for everybody so it is interesting because they say that it's his motivation like it's just something that yeah other people did sean parker did and then the theme was that he was following in that same way to do it in spite of a girl but if that doesn't exist then really the foundation of like the motivation behind starting this whole facebook thing the facebook is flawed that's kind of it's interesting yeah that like really that changes my perspective on the movie a little bit i mean obviously it works very well in the narrative of the film but i think we will probably get more into it when we actually go over more details of the of the plot later but uh oh we never got a quote of the movie what's the quote of this movie i don't know there there was a few things <sighs> the chicken one oh the yeah, chicken one is there were a lot of good allegories in this uh yeah i don't know like the trout and the Oh, like when when the uh, ending scene when, when he Andrew smashes go- the computer. Oh that yeah, that good. that scene is probably like what the scene that people think That's of the most. That's my favorite scene yeah. in the movie when when he just starts reacting. Um, he's just so upset about 
like everything that's happening. I do want to say the Amazing Spider-Man. I liked him way better in this than well, yeah. as Spider-Man. I think that's what happens when you have all these actors are good, but like David Fincher elevates all of them. To well, have you guys seen Hacksaw better. Ridge? Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield in this and Hacksaw Ridge are probably. Oh, my yeah. favorite. He, he is he's a very very great actor. It's just yeah. he does, he's most known for Spider-Man, The Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Which unfortunately I think I haven't watched those two movies, but I think they're like the two worst Spider-Man. They're considered that. And uh, I, or I Spider-Man sort of 3. Agree. But yeah. yeah, and Army Hammer, I don't think he's he's sort of uh back and forth in terms of like what people think of him, but he was pretty good in this movie as the as both of the Winklevoss twins. Actually, I think somebody else like actually p- played the physical character. But well, somebody here pointed it out that why didn't they just cast twins? Uh, and I was kind of thinking about that, but instead they, they, they added just, so much work. I think yeah. it would be too it would be too hard yeah. to to uh, find two twins who fit the exact profile that they wanted. And with somebody like with this big budget of a movie they're probably like trying to get as many big names and army hammer is like at least a somewhat big name and also yeah. um rashida jones a parks and rec and office veteran was in this and she plays like an inquisitive lawyer type and it, yeah. it's a little interesting i mean i doubt that she had played a role in real life yeah she's probably yeah. also a made-up character. she might actually i mean all the characters do really terrible things throughout this movie so i guess technically she might be the most likable character of the movie yeah because she doesn't actually do anything bad and she's <laughs> yeah. not like annoying like the other lawyers like yeah. the other lawyers don't necessarily do anything bad they're just being like lawyers lawyers yeah, yeah. yeah. which i will say i don't think that eduardo i think eduardo was a little past time like he he was not putting in the full effort as the cfo like he should have done his research he should have went like and been in the ground like actually doing all the business yeah deals. like he tries to paint himself as the victim but i'm guessing in real life it was more like he was just he had more i mean i get he was putting more money monetary investment into it but like in the grand scheme of things i don't think he was as committed to the idea as mark zuckerberg is and that's what sort of led to his downfall but um, but of course, I never want to say like you should kick out your partner. You should just like, talk. Yeah, or but the way everybody's pay ex- or uh, leave everybody's pay except his. Yeah, yeah, that was the part that was like okay. The ethics of this are like he and he knew what lot. he was. He knew what he was do- like. Mark Zuckerberg knew what he was doing when and he I, I always wonder was like, diluting the stock. Was, his stock. I was wondering throughout this whole movie, like, is this is the story that's being told from the legal standpoint of what was manuscripted? Or is this from personal stories, or like how is the story all, taken? Because all of the all of the legal proceedings were not. They're probably documented, right? They're not, but I don't think they're public records. Like I think everyone has to sign like a non-disclosure agreement. So yeah, for specifics. But I wonder, like, where would they get this information to do it, or do they just know like the emotions and what actually happened, and they have to fill in the blank with details? I think it was actually based off of a book, and uh, Eduardo Sa- Saverin was like a somebody who was interviewed in the book oh so, you're right. yeah i think that it was probably just that and they took his thoughts to out of it that. yeah because yeah. they, they they did mention the book in the opening credits i think it was called the accidental billionaires it's by ben mesrich yeah. um so if you're interested in more background details on this movie i guess that would be the book to read um so we like to bring an outsider in uh, usually a critic that we find on Rotten Tomatoes who didn't like the movie, which on this movie, no, 96%, that's not, like, that many of the critics. But Michael Atkinson, Mike, Mikey here, he didn't, he didn't like the movie so much. 
He just said, it was a zesty advertisement for the meaningless Facebookization of our daily routines and the further squandering of our free time. So it sounds like he more has a personal vendetta with Facebook than well, he like, that's didn't like, like his, such this a, movie. That's such a terrible, like, just thing you can say against a movie. Everything, whenever somebody doesn't like a movie, they just call it advertising at this point. Or, yeah. I see that so much on, like, everything, and it just... That annoys that's me. That's true. Did this really advertise Facebook in a positive light? Like, it that's made the it question. look terrible. Like, I, I feel like it, it didn't really necessarily shed all positivity on what Facebook was. I don't know. I, I want to make a movie of all face, Facebook after this. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I guess you're right. Well, the thing is, I don't think the movie was really about Facebook, though. It was about the people who made Facebook. So it's sort of like, to say the 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 movie was about like it was about facebook they but did it, yeah they did was, a good job separating the code from the characters yeah like the care it was about the interactions between the characters and like the tense situations that resulted from starting facebook not necessarily like facebook's impact on society yeah i don't think that they ever doubted that facebook was a good idea i think it was just like how to proceed with that good idea and with the characters might i say aaron sorkin's writing here oh is this is aaron sorkin notch. yeah oh he's, he's my one of the favorite best. screenwriter He's written, uh, I think I've seen three of his movies so far. This, Moneyball, and Trial of the Chicago 7, which they all have very good writing. This it, dude is able to just write really boring situations and make it look <laughs> just absolutely Well, that is incredible. definitely, t- I'm trying to, because I've heard the name before, and I didn't necessarily connect it to being the, to him being, yeah, so he actually directed the Trial of the Chicago 7, which came out last year. And he also wrote Steve Jobs, which makes sense. Yeah, that's on my watch list. And yeah. then he did A Few Good Men, which I haven't watched, but is a, like a courtroom drama with like, uh, I forget, I think it's like, uh, who's in this it's movie? It's got Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. I've definitely heard of that movie. Yeah. But that would be another boring situation. It's like a courtroom movie, but I've heard it's like very, like, grabs you in just like this movie does yeah yeah I, I agree with that because i was wondering the whole time as i was watching jake it was like wow this is like they're all just talking and they're all just like talking about legal disputes and stuff well like- that's his thing and he does the really fast-paced dialogue thing which is really great especially by the actors who jesse eisenberg and andrew garfield really good in this i believe that jesse eisenberg was mark zuckerberg like he like he first of all he looks like mark zuckerberg at least enough mm-hmm. to like like you don't see pictures of mark zuckerberg everywhere so like your image of him you can like translate it into like what jesse eisenberg looks like and like his the way that he walks and stuff is like you would imagine somebody who's like into coding and like really just like this is their thing and that's how they would act he talks super factual and like super pointed he doesn't have a lot of social awareness. He can't like yeah. he can't like uh, diffuse situations. He he often like escalates um, conversations unnecessarily. Like he'll say something because it's true, but it's not necessarily the right thing to say at the moment. Mm-hmm. And he's but he doesn't understand why people get mad at him when he does that all the time. I think he sort of does, but like at the end, she's like accuses him of like trying too hard to be a jerk. And again, whether or not he can control that, that is one of the main problems in this movie. Because if they were just to communicate, especially um, Eduardo and uh, Mark, like if they were to just communicate, there would be a lot less problems. Sean Parker might not have been in the picture, and they might not have gotten all that trouble. Yeah, it's like just, there were a lot of problems that could be resolved early on with yeah. through through dialogue. You know? I did see something about Jesse Eisenberg that made me kind of think. A lot of people think he just plays the same character in every movie, which in a way he sort of does. He, he just does always plays cast. like the jerk character. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, when he was in Now You See Me. Yep, right? I've seen those. Wasn't he in Zombieland? He's, yeah, he's, he's like in. he's always the the charismatic, prideful. Yeah. Character. 
I always, I always say he, he reminds me of um, Michael Sarah, except for he has, like Michael Sarah is a little bit more. Um, I'm not like well, pathetic, look, like pathetic. And acting. Jesse Eisenberg gets George, work. He, he plays yeah. George. Oh yeah, Michael Sarah's even more typecast. I would yeah. argue, yes. Yeah, Michael Sarah from uh, uh, Arrested Development. He plays like the loser kid. And Scott so. Pilgrim. And Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. And and super like, bad too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got cast in something recently that's like big, but I can't. I mean, no, he got cast in the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh. Oh uh, yeah, French Dispatch. Yeah. So Michael Sarah does work, but like I would, uh, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg's probably done more stuff. Um, but I don't know. They just they just remind me of. Does each Jesse other. Eisenberg look like um, what's the Brooklyn Nine Nine guy? Ah. Andy Samberg? Yeah, I think they. Look I guess like, I can see like the personalities don't really align, but for like, me it's the nose. The facial features do. Yeah. But uh, I was just thinking about this, guys. So what if the power grid went out? You're just and, thinking about this. And you, like, don't have Facebook. Like, you can't buy anything. And, like, all of a sudden your electricity is out. And and then something happens with, like, your house. And then you, like, have to pay for stuff. But you don't have the internet. Well, you need to have insurance, right? Right. <laughs> this is a terrible lead-in. But I'm trying my best here. So uh, you should call Hedman Anglin Agency uh, if you need, have any needs in auto, home, and business insurance, and they would love to help you out on anything in that regard. So you should call them at 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. And if you do contact them, make sure to tell them that Zach and I sent you. And th- and that's the mic that they have allowed us to use for this podcast. And we, mic review. We appreciate it, yeah. It's, it's better than this mic. Yeah. But we're also getting a new mic, so that's exciting. Not that anyone cares. Not that anyone cares. Yeah, I care because the audio quality will be better. Yeah. But at any rate. So now we can get into the actual... Um, so we score things on a 100-point scale with each... There being 10 different segments, and each uh, segment is rated out of 10. So usually what we have guests do is a lot to like think about. But uh, we'll just uh, like tell them what the category is, and, that, and then they can like li- hear what our scores are and then kind of decide... Um, I have a feeling that you might be quicker to knowing what you would rate each section Maybe. than some people are. But uh, yeah, so our first is sentiment. So this is like how much did the, you like the movie and did you like connect with it emotionally? So I gave this an eight. What did you give it, Zach? And my score is six because I it's like my first time. So I don't know. It's it's just like I feel like if I were to watch it one more time, then I would actually rank it higher. But I mean, the, my my truth is that it's a six right now. Okay, and now uh, Jake, go ahead. It's a ten. I figured you. Would I, say I that. really, I love this movie. I think everything just works really well, and you can like sort of sympathize with all the characters, uh, the main ones, Eduardo and Mark, uh, because I mean the whole line, the whole thing at the end just tries to make Mark likable, and I thought kind of worked. And then Eduardo, obviously, is just really likable throughout the whole thing, and you can kind of connect with his character. That's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and so, yeah, sentiment definitely went up for me. But now we'll get into message, which is like what is the point of the movie or like the moral that you should get out of it. Yeah, so I, th- I feel like there are a few things. I, I So I gave it an 8. I think it was a really good message. I think that it, the message is like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there are certain situations in life that are very pivotal to where your life is going to go. And I think it's important to, you know, make the right decisions about it. And obviously communication was a theme in this. Like they didn't communicate. They would just brush off certain conversations that needed to happen that um, Eduardo would try to bring up. 
but um, Jesse would just start moving on to the next thing. Or not Jesse. I mean, I meant to say. Um, uh, Sometimes Mark. it's easier just to say the actors' names. Yeah, yeah. Mark would just move on to the next thing, you know. And I'm not sure if that's real life, but based on the characters, it's just communication was a big theme. So I think that's super important in real life because, like, when Ben and I, we, when we don't communicate, we just argue and argue. Not really. Yeah, but, we just fight a lot, and yeah. you know, it wears on us. And sometimes we've been this close to quitting doing the yeah, podcast. We split the movie vault. Remember, we did the yeah. movie podcast and the, and the vault, vault podcast. podcast. Yeah, that was. Well, I was gonna do my whole thing was gonna be reviewing bank vaults, like for yeah. as for a living. And now we're back together, though. Like yeah. we made it work. We're giving it another go, mm. and we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. Well, know. it's not. Well, I gave it a seven, so now Zach's gonna get mad at me. No, I. Uh, I just gave it a seven. I think it's a good message. I just think that like it gets a little bit convoluted in certain places of like what you're actually supposed to learn. But like I don't know. I might just it might just be like I I don't know. I I'm still deciding on exactly what I think this movie is about. But I definitely see all of what Zach said with like the different um, things you learn from how the characters interact with each other. You know, Sean Parker talks big talk, but then he's like kind of a a terrible person actually and a loser and, and like and a loser like he he's like the exact opposite of how he portrays himself which goes into the idea that we see in the like on social media and stuff right now about how like the narrative is everything so like his narrative was that he's the super successful person and he's like selling that to people even when in reality that's not what how it was actually like but he he sold mark on the idea that he was a winner and he could get him these things that um uh, Eduardo could not. So I think that's really interesting. So after I said all that, you know, maybe a seven seems a little unfair, but that's just what I wrote down. So, Jay. Now, mine might actually surprise you. I'm going to give it an eight, an eight in this because uh, I think it can, it's not, it doesn't really have a super clear sort of yeah. message to it, but I think that it's sort of telling you not to screw out your friends and stuff like that. And the characters work really well together and sort of convey that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but I think it's also important to point out, and sometimes we forget this, like, we, like it's not always good for a movie to just, like, flat out say what it's trying to, to tell, like, what yeah. you should learn from it. Because then it's just, like, you're listening to, like, a lecture or, like, a, like a movie is supposed to be artistic. And we if get the, enough lectures already yeah, from school. <laughs> yeah, if a movie was just, like, this is what you should learn, then there'd be nothing to think about after the movie, which is what, I, like as I've gotten into films that are a little bit more abstract, I've appreciated about them because they'll just, like, they'll make me think about the movie even after I finish watching. So it's not always a bad thing to not have a super clear message, but in some cases here it might have been, like, yeah. what am I learning exactly? No, yeah. Are they portraying a good thing I agree here? with that. I think interpretation... I, again, I like answers. That's just my... It's just my personality, you know? And Ben likes the open-endedness, the analytical, I don't know, whatever. And whatever you want to describe us as. Ambi any, am ambiguity. Ana mm -hmm. Anagrams can describe our personalities, whatever. But um, I think I just like, I like about this movie is that the open-endedness isn't dumb. There are many movies where the open-endedness is dumb and you don't feel like, like you feel like there's a meaning. But I don't want to like read through paragraphs and paragraphs of articles to find out what the meaning is. Okay, I yeah. think like every I Christopher think, Nolan movie. Yes. Tenets. Like I think that I can find out the meaning of this if I just think hard about what happened. And the, there's many memorable moments in this movie where I can think hard about what happened and remember and just like feel like, oh, this is probably what they were trying to get across. And like this is a good moment. Like just all the interactions between the characters. And I think that's important in a movie. And ambiguity works for this movie. Yes. Okay. Now plot. I give it a nine because it's very clear, very concise, and it it's very sharp, and it gets what it needs to get done in two hours, which is like 
Not bad for this movie. It's pretty good runtime. I agree. It's eight. I gave it an eight. So I think it's very cutty, which is good for, in this movie. I think they just go like, like Jake said, dialogue happens so quick, and you're just learning new information really fast. But I think that's how this movie. I think that's what the characters, the real life characters, real people experienced. You know. So I think it was just all happening I mean, just, fast. Just listen to how fast Zach's talking right now. Yeah, I'm like I'm talking like Jesse. I mean, not Jesse. Who is he? What's his name? Uh, Mark. Mark. That's like the easiest character to remember. <laughs> yeah, there's Eduardo. And you like I'm always that. trying to think of what Ed- Eduardo Savron's name or the Winklevoss twins. Like <laughs> yeah. for some reason, I can't remember Mark Zuckerberg. It tells you how much of an influence movies have compared to social media. Yeah, I guess life. that's true. Now, I gave it a ten just because of how. Uh, how lame the story would be, but they managed to like amplify <laughs> it uh, just in this movie. The writing yeah. and sort of David Fincher uh, just really amplify the plot and just it kind of shows and leaves a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, it was super interesting too. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just really good. Okay, character arcs. I gave it an eight, but like I, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, there were some good character arcs, but there was a lot of like, I guess like you know the the main ones are Mark and Eduardo and they that was like the whole the whole meaning of the whole message of the movie was like sort of their friendship how it collapsed and like how their communication caused. So I thought it was pretty well done. Um, some of the characters are kind of flat. Some of the side characters, but that's okay. I mean that's what side characters are supposed to be for. Yeah, I think ba- I gave, I agree with you, Nate. I think the focus of the movie was obviously M- Mark and Eduardo, and I think that their their relationship really took the movie home for me because it just. I don't know. It it really does remind me of a lot of real life relationships that I have, where sometimes I'm the Mark and sometimes I'm the Eduardo. You know, it just depends. And it, it, it I don't know. It it's real, you know. And they're both really good actors, as we said. That's more acting, but the the character arcs kind of go with it. Like um, Mark kind of learns, like he kind of learns, like wow, maybe I'm not making the right choices. Maybe like it's not just all about passion for a certain thing. It's all maybe there are other things in life besides like my one passion you know yeah there are other things there's like there's not just he could have been helped out by watching soul maybe yeah 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 <laughs> joe joe Gardner that movie is really him. overrated oh, i think oh, it's i think it's a good movie that was my highest rated movie on this podcast i love that was it really i forgot about yeah. that yeah i no. think mine was 10 it's on like uh the imdb I'm, top like 100 or something well the, the I don't imdb know, top 100 is a terrible list of movies you should see ben's list of movies I mean, I, okay, I won't say it's terrible, but, like, it's it's not the greatest. I they have 12 say. Angry Men in the Dark Knight in the top five, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's fair. I've never watched 12 Angry Men. I wouldn't be a fan of necessarily putting the Dark Knight in the top five, but I get it. And I'm really not a fan of Shawshank being number one because talk about overrated movies it's good but like geez number one of all time like, we're actually really? we're actually near i went to the actual prison where they filmed shawshank redemption i mean i know why people like it it's a heartwarming it's movie, morgan freeman it's come Mo- on that's true morgan freeman you know morgan freeman has to be in the top movie yeah well okay fine he or, has to or samuel l jackson one of the that's two. true they're both in so many movies or jake gyllenhaal okay anyway what did you give character arcs, uh for me character arcs i gave it an eight as well okay uh, i think Mark's character arc was actually really, really good. Yeah. Like, I kind of averaged it out between Mark and Eduardo. Mark, I think, has, like, a nine character arc just because he sort of realizes, it's like what you said, that his dream isn't everything in life. But Eduardo didn't really give, he had a character arc, but not, like, an extreme uh, sort of range in character throughout the whole thing. Yeah, he got angry at the end, but he kind of stayed that was like the, the same through the whole character. movie. Yeah. Whereas you sort of felt like you felt 
for Eduardo through the whole movie, but Mark, you could, you really felt for him at some points, and then you just didn't at other points, and I think that sort of shows his arc in yeah. it. Yeah, I think another piece of Eduardo's uh, character arc was that, like, in the beginning of the movie, Mark will just inter- interrupt him, and, like, Eduardo will be like, oh, yeah, and then, like, Mark will be like, oh, we have to do it this way, and Eduardo's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, like, he just agrees with everyone, you He'll know? let him walk all over. Yeah, him. and then the girl's like, oh, you want to go out to dinner? He's like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, it's just like, he, he's just saying, he's the, he's a yes man, he's saying yes to everything, and then at the end of the movie, he's, like, actually standing up for himself and doing it, and they, that's, like, that's, like, a, like, a side character arc compared yeah. to his main well, character arc, I thought it was cool. Because you're right, you're, that's really important to point out how his girlfriend walked all over him, because that was... The, probably in the movie to she, show she caught the thing on fire yeah to show to show how he was with all of his relationships so it adds more context to why he acted this way with mark because he didn't know how to like stand up for what he actually thought was the way to go london tipton from zach and cody is that much of a jerk in this movie yeah she's a terrible person in this movie yeah she i mean london tipton's also a terrible person mm. just probably doesn't mm-hmm. use the same language probably <laughs> okay so now we're on cinematography which is like so a lot of this comes down to editing i think that this was an extremely well edited movie and the the character the lot of the shots were really interesting and it it's also that like this movie is not um that wouldn't necessarily be what you would think would be the most interesting to shoot like if they would have shot this like 20 years ago before like david fincher it would have just been like really boring they did win best editing yeah uh, that, that would make sense yeah. and so i give it a nine because i guess i it's not I, it's hard to give things a 10 because I feel like there'd be other movies that I might be more considering on the 10, but like it's definitely very high up there in terms of editing okay, uh, I mean, I just, I just and cinematography. Mine. I mean, <laughs> I just changed mine from a seven to an eight. I really liked it. I agree. Now that I think of it, it was like, this is, they took a, like, again, as Jake said, a boring situation, made it really fun. And the editing was like so fast and I like it fast, but you miss a lot. That's the only thing. So it does take a rewatch. It's not quite as like intense as something like Scott Pilgrim where there's like fast editing or like any, it's like video game, any Edgar Wright movie that like, there's like just really fast edits, but it's still pretty fast. Like even for, well, Fincher does that in like fight club and stuff too. It's kind of like his signature style, but yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what what would you Uh, give it? I think I'll probably give it a nine as well. I think that, uh, it wasn't as like, I really thought the editing worked really well. Obviously it won best editing, so I'm not in the minority there. Uh, but cause I think the sort of way it was super fast paced worked, but also, uh, it, the editing wasn't nearly as noticeable as other movies like 1917, for example, oh, yeah, cinematography yeah. and stuff. That's true. That's uh, a very well shot movie, but top 25. yeah, probably top 100 top 100 in terms Something of like shot that. i'm trying to think exactly what movie i'm not sure there's a movie that really comes to my head as well wow this is the best shot movie i mean 1917 is probably up there although the the downfall of 1917 to me is that the the shots is like the most interesting part of the entire movie interstellar and 2001 a space odyssey oh yeah i need to watch those too those yeah. i can imagine yeah are, those are must watches ben i know especially I know 2001 yeah, that's, Interstellar. I actually, pro- actually, I probably like that more than 2001, but 2001 is more of a must-watch. I've I've only seen one Kubrick movie, and it's A Clockwork Orange. 2001 so. is not Tom the Hanks. one you just started with. 2001 is Tom Hanks' favorite movie. Oh, that, that really? I, I believe so it. You have to watch it. I that saw it in an article. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. 
Very nice. He's done a lot of stuff. I haven't met him, but I'm assuming he's very nice. And probably uh, the most chill dude in Hollywood. Yeah, he can play. He has a good range. Yeah. Like, like I mean, he does sort of play a type of character, but like the the types of characters he always plays are like the types that everyone like sort of like gravitates towards. Like yeah. he he played Mr. Rogers in that one movie. And he was in Big. He was and, in Big. And compare his character 80s. from Big to Saving oh, Private oh, Ryan. He was on Family Ties. He was in the Simpsons movie. Oh, that's yeah. You're right. He was a lot different when he was younger than now. But like, yeah, he has a, he's he's had a probably one of the best careers. You could compare it to like he's a little different than like De Niro, but like in terms of like important movies that he's been in, he's probably like up there with De Niro and Pacino and those guys. Um, so originality. Now I give this a seven, but like I get that the the uh, the way that they did the movie about like the the topic was original but they were also like basing it off of a book and real life yeah. so it's sort of hard to like give it high points for originality because it's like not like a biopic has never been done before like they've done lots of like biography movies but the way they did it was really interesting so that makes it above average for sure yeah i think this specific um category made it low for me so i gave it a six this is probably my lowest one i think but it's basically from the three reasons that you said. It's just like there's been a lot done. There wasn't anything super new, and it's uh, maybe that was just two reasons. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just yeah. It it I I liked it in all the other categories, but this category, it's like oh yeah, it's familiar territory. Yeah, I'd probably give it maybe a seven or an eight, uh, just because, like you said, it's based off of a book, so you can't give it really any higher than that. But it also, I mean, the whole thing with uh, his girlfriend being like the whole catalyst to the entire thing i mean that's really original that's the whole, i don't a lot apparently a lot of the stuff with uh eduardo was super original and the mark zuckerberg stuff so i think that they so they, they did a took, good job of making it yeah. more investing because that's what happens with movies they take real life and then they make it more interesting than what real life actually yeah. was because thank like, goodness you wouldn't want to watch like i mean even reality TV is just manufactured real life, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't want to watch just, like, the boring like happenings. Kim Kardashian said what? Yeah. Otherwise, it would be a documentary, right? Yeah, it wouldn't be basically. a movie. Although there are some really incredible documentaries. Yeah, Free I watched... Solo. I, I, I think I watched... Fire Fraud, that one about that music festival. I watched two or three documentaries that came out last year just in preparation for the Oscars, and they they do a good job. Tiger um, King documentaries. Uh, oh, yeah. Tiger that's the one King. I missed. I still oh, Tiger seen it King yet. was it's so good. good. Yeah. That's the best documentary I've ever watched in my life. I, I'm, that's a little bit exaggerating because, like, but it's like it sort of just like starts and then it, it keeps getting crazy and you're like, don't think it can get any more crazy, but it just, it, it's insane. I watched a documentary called How to Survive a Plague. It's about the AIDS crisis. It's pretty interesting. I like the one about McDonald's. The one guy that oh. eats all the McDonald's stuff. I oh, forget. Super what... Size Me? Yeah, that's the that's one. That's a documentary? I've yeah. been wanting to watch that, yeah. yeah. What's that on? It's on, I, it's on Prime Video, actually, I think. Yeah, you, there's a, several places I'm you can watch I'm staying up tonight it. to watch that. Yeah, it's 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 very entertaining. <laughs> he, it, probably not in a good he, way. He, like, purposely eats, like, McDonald's for 30 days or something like that. Yeah. He did something in Columbus recently, too. Really? He was, like, supposedly starting this clean eating restaurant. Oh, so and this guy's like not. It was doing literally it. He's got more range than Eduardo here, in this. But end. it was fake. He was he was trying to show people that like the 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 companies that advertise that they have good food, the food's actually not really that much better for you than a place like McDonald's. That was the whole point of his second documentary. I like McDonald's. And I that agree. was a big thing because like it was filmed in the area that we live in. Yeah. Um. So next we have acting. Which Blake, Blake do you have something to say? What? Did you raise your hand? 
No. Oh, okay. okay sorry. So Blake's over there, just so you know. Now, now we can introduce. You. Blake is like Zach's younger brother. He looks exactly like him. Pretty. Just much. imagine me, but sitting right over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I gave acting a nine because, like, so perfect acting is like a. Um. Let me think. Is like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what I would say. Perfect acting is. Brad Pitt. In yeah, that. no. I don't Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is really good in it too, but Brad Pitt. But what? Is Are you kidding better. me? Brad right Pitt now? gives the better performance. Oh, in that oh, movie. oh. Okay, we're agreeing. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, Leo you is you good. Leo gave a better one. I thought that he was saying that Leo, but uh, he said Brad Pitt. Which no, I agree. I agree with that. Brad Pitt's performance is amazing, but like that's also just like the best cast of characters that you can possibly you know. The it's best, got like, like three the, of the biggest actors right now. Like Margot Robbie's in it, and she's just like sort of a side character. She's just there. She's just sort of there. Um, but so yeah, this is a nine because it's like it's as good as it could be with like the talent that they have. Yeah, I I feel like I'm underrating it because I gave it a seven and I really like these actors a lot. I just think that maybe they should have had the side characters be better actors because you have two really good actors in the front and you could have elevated the other act. The other what Justin Timberlake too. wasn't good enough. Uh, he was perfect. For the only this thing role. is, I don't want to rate his character because I just wanted to punch his character. So I don't know. Anyway, yeah. what about a- you, Jay? Andrew Garfield? I think gives the best performance of the movie for me. Yeah, but Jesse Eisenberg he was, was really good from the Oscars for this. Right? Yeah, uh, I think so. And uh, Justin Timberlake needs to act more because he was very good. In this. Yeah, and in Trolls, which we reviewed on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we had somebody on who really was like a Trolls apologist. Tasha. And and she did like convince us that Trolls was a better movie than we would have originally thought. Okay, style. I gave this a nine. It's I get, good. I think fitting, it's amazing. fitting together, I'm saying an eight right now. An eight. Even though my chart says seven. It's just I think now eight, that yeah. you're bringing all these things up, it's, it's definitely an eight for me. I think the way that the cuts come together like the cinematography the cuts come together with the music and the like i mean we haven't got to music yet obviously because i think the music in this was incredible i'll tell you in a minute but i think that the acting with the cuts and like just the storyline of taking that boring storyline and actually making it super interesting um made the style innate for me i pretty much agree with everything zach said although i don't think the style was as noticeable as other movies i mean like movies like Inception, you can tell that it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, a movie like Taxi Driver, Scorsese. That's true. Taxi Driver has Jaws, a really good style. Spielberg. But I don't know. You this... don't think Fincher has a style that you can recognize? No, well, I think in this movie. The thing is that this breaks away from like what he generally does. So he does the darker he, he serial does like killer seven, stories. Like Fight Club, like those movies. Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah. Um, well, Gone Girl and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo both have sort of similar yeah. styles. Um, I don't know. If you showed this to somebody who maybe wasn't as much of a big film fan, but they knew who some of the people were. I don't think they could tell. Yeah, I don't think they'd be able to be like, oh, this is the same guy who did Fight Club. Yeah. Like, right off the bat, probably. You're probably right about that. Um, It doesn't detract from, like, the the fact that the style is good. It's just, yeah, Yeah. it's not necessarily as cohesive as, like, Tarantino or... Yeah. Or who, like... Right off the bat, you can tell no once upon a time Tarantino. in Hollywood's uh, yeah. Tarantino. No, like all of Tarantino's movies you are mean like, long. Yeah. They're long. Well, they're long in like the best possible way. Zach hasn't watched like Pulp Fiction or like. I've seen Pulp Fiction. Oh, you've seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah, we talked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. I mean, just any. I love all the Tarantino movies. He's my favorite director. Yeah. Um. Okay, so now we're getting to the part that I really want to talk about. This entire movie, I've been trying to hold back the score. This soundtrack is the best 
one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. And like, I actually heard it on good speakers this time, and it's just that much better. So Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails and his pal, who's also now in Nine Inch Nails, I think, Atticus Ross. They uh, this is sort of what got them into making film scores, and now they've done stuff, other stuff with David Fincher and Soul. And I give this one. I if I didn't say it already, I I give this a ten. It's it's like the perfect movie soundtrack movie up there with 10. Donnie Darko. You know, it doesn't have like Tears for Fears like Donnie Darko does, but like it's still good. I gave this one an eight, and it's because it's the first time I'm watching it. I'm probably not as focused on the score, so I'm just kind of like. I thought it was really good because I did notice it many times throughout, but then I, there was a couple times where I'm like, wait, I just missed the score. I, there was like three times that I noticed that. So, again, it's just probably my first perspective, my, uh, yeah, my the first time watching the movie. I'd give it a nine, right in the middle. I think that it did have a really good score, but I don't think I could put it into ten like some other movies that I'd put up there that have way more noticeable scores, like okay, Halloween, Taxi Driver. Is also taxi, driver. taxi Driver. Taxi uh, Driver what but, else uh but i think yeah. it has that influence on the movie. spider-man of the spider-verse had a really good soundtrack. that's true it does it does and finally oh, choreography which i feel like is this i just <laughs> you just made it one i point made it lower. one point lower because like like i just have to give it a six but like i don't know what we're judging choreography on in this yeah. movie it's, it's like very subtle actions it's, it's just a very bad category to fit to try to fit this yeah. movie into like most movies at works you can find something like there's some sort of action sequence but there's this nothing has, in this movie i know so it's I hard have to, to give it a in. zero it doesn't have any I, doesn't have that's anything. gonna skew your score though yeah. that's the only thing. Uh, okay i'll give it a 10 it, it, it shows <laughs> it shows the imperfection of our our uh 10 point system no yeah. i think script should be on there instead of chore- choreography maybe Hmm, that's an interesting suggestion. We might have to have some some insight and votes on that because you're right. We don't really talk specifically about the writing, although I suppose that's supposed to fit into like plot and character arcs. Like that should like summarize what the script yeah. is. But I get what you're saying with that. Like you could sort of like do the same thing with like dialogue. Like is the dialogue good? Like Tarantino yeah. can write like amazing dialogue out of like nothing. Yeah. So I, I actually gave this one a six. I just thought it was average. You know, they're 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 yelling. They're the the mouths moving. This whole movie. Things are happening. The shuffling of papers and documents and signatures being yeah. made. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Six out of ten for documents and speaking. Mm-hmm. So that brings my total to a 73%. Only a 73? Mine's at 82. Which is very good for me and very good for Ben. Yeah, actually, he's extremely a, he's good a, for Ben. He's a, like, in, intensely low rater. This is my like, second highest. Yeah, like, I, he I, cannot rate movies high. My he highest? Wasn't my highest a 74? I think something like crazy And this like is that. a 73. It's only one point lower than mm. my highest, which was Tenet, I think. I, I, no, I think Donnie Darko is high. I hope it's Donnie Darko. I wasn't told to track this, so that's, I, oh, that's okay. I have no idea. We, it's it, probably somewhere in like the 80s, probably. In the mm-hmm. 80s. That's what I'm guessing, because you gave a few 8s and 7s, so it'd probably be somewhere similar to my score. Oh, if you really want to know, you can go listen back through the podcast and do all the math, and you can send us an email, so that way yeah. we can like... Please do that. And then you get a shout-out. Yes, and you get a shout-out for that, for sure. Okay, so now we go into Brita Moments with Brita. Perry. So this is... I don't know if you get this reference at all, but we want... Zach and I bonded over the show community. We bonded. Like, that's the first thing that we talked about, really, when we became close friends. Besides high. And Britta is played by Jillian Jacobs. Oh, yeah. She's just, like, a terrible character An in actress. the entire show. Oh, we're getting that personal? I'm getting personal, Jillian. I'm sorry. We want her to be on the I've podcast. I've seen a little bit of community. It's very, very good. Yeah. Writing. And talk about but script and it's, that. But this is to, like, talk about potholes and things we didn't like. 
Oh, we're we're okay. soon, soon, I'm going to announce it, Ben. We're soon we're going to get a poster, something of Britta, sometime in the future. <laughs> so that way she'll always be, like, with we us. We can smack her. Well, yeah. that's that's mean. That would feel a little... I think we'd get in trouble for that. Yeah, we, we should probably just be, like, pointing at her. Some, yeah. just like Twitter, that's, The that's Twitter her. mob's going to go after you. Yeah, she we can't just, have that happen. We're, yeah. we're too small to, like... I mean... They would kill us. They would... We're too weak. We, we yeah. wouldn't have enough people to defend us. Anyway, I, I think the... I don't know. I, when I think of Britta moments... I could unpack a lot. Like, a lot of the actors maybe are just sort of, like, overdoing it in some parts. Like, the girlfriend. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that was just, like, cheesy. And maybe they spent a little bit too much time on that specific element. You actually, Zach, brought up a point in the middle of it that uh, it was right around the beginning when he got the idea for the relationship status thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You called that out right in the middle of the movie. That was was the the, big one. That's the one that only really comes to mind to me. Yeah, there was a part where... uh, where Mark or Jesse Eisenberg, um, Heisenberg, that's Heisenberg. breaking bag. Okay. Anyway, he um, he hears someone say like, "Oh, do you did you hear if this girl's single or not? I wish there was a way to know or something like that." And he's like, and he's like, and like you can see the light bulb above his head, figuratively. And he runs and goes and updates. He does it very quickly. He like, up, like he literally runs from that conversation to go update his computer and code in a relationship status thing bar. And I was like, that's that's not accurate. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way someone's in a conversation, runs out, and updates it like that. Yeah. Sure, maybe it, the idea came from a conversation with his friend or somebody like that. But I doubt that it actually occurred like that that quickly, you know? So. Yeah. They do that a lot in movies and TV shows. The whole, like, run away from a conversation It's like, thing. oh, that's where that came from. I hate those. I yeah. hate those so much. Like, we, we can infer for ourselves where that came yeah, from. Like, yeah, like, you don't have to spell it out for us. Yeah. Anyway. It reminds me of, uh, I think it's in Dark Knight Rises. There's one scene where, like, it's like, and he gave him a coat, and he, like, puts a coat on him. And, like, shows a flashback. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Dark Knight Rises, I think, has a lot of plot holes, though. Dark Knight yeah. Rises might be worse, Nolan, from the ones I've seen. I haven't seen Memento following or Insomnia, but I've seen I've seen Memento. He always talks I, about I, that. I need Memento's to watch my Memento. favorite, yeah. But I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Nolan movies, either. Um, because I haven't seen, like, Interstellar or The Prestige, which are, like, Prestige a lot of people. Prestige is one of my favorites. A lot of people love Super those. underrated. Um, but now we can get into the stock market, so we wanted to have like a discussion about David Fincher because okay, so he's kind of a hard guy to invest in because now he's sort of doing like his own thing, like he's accomplished so much that like uh, now he's doing like Mind Hunter and he just came out with this movie called Mank that's sort of like a lot of critics really like, but some just like general film watchers were like it's a little too artsy for their taste. It's like a little less uh, mainstream. I haven't actually watched it yet. I have I'll the list of movies and we can go through them. Okay, uh, so. Fight Club. Uh, so that's my second favorite. Okay, I have only seen two. You've only seen two. Movies, and I, I will tell you the ones I watched where they're ranked in my rankings. Okay, uh, and then Seven. Have either of you seen that? I've seen Seven. That's my favorite. Gone Girl. It's third. Zodiac. Fourth. Yeah, Zodiac. So Social Network this. is fifth out of the six that I've watched. Yeah. Which is crazy because Social Network's next. next. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I've seen that one, and I it was a little too dark. Like Mank, I've seen. I've uh, seen. I thought it was pretty good. That's why I'm thinking that it would be a movie that I would like. I just, I, but compared to this list, I might not rank very high. Like, yeah, it's like not it as would, nearly as enjoyable. I, as I would guess that it would go above Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, but below Social Network. And Social Network, I think Fight Club has the most potential to go down because Fight Club is a cool movie, but like, I think if you if if you think about the story, it's a little bit less. We'll have to review that one on the podcast. All of these would be good ones to review actually at some point. Benjamin Button. Other than. I haven't seen Benjamin Button. I actually own that movie, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, the Game. 
Oh, no, the game is is one that I want to watch. The game in Panic Room, right? That's yeah, Panic one. Room is the next one. Those are some of the smaller Fincher movies that I haven't seen, and a lot of people are like, yeah, they're they're pretty good. Like, you need to check them out. And then the movie I refuse to see, Alien 3. Oh, yeah. Because I love Alien heard, and Aliens, it, well, so I refuse the, to watch it. To be fair to David Fincher, he had, like, very little control over this movie. Yeah. Like, he, he, like he was basically... T- he almost didn't want to make movies after... Alien 3, like, it was that bad of an experience for him. Yeah, it was his first movie. Yeah, that's a Pretty disappointing. And, and to think about, like, he did end up, so Alien was directed by Ridley Scott, right? And then Aliens was directed by James Cameron. So those are, like, two legendary directors. So then Fincher gets Alien 3, which you think would be great for his career, but it was terrible. So. It should be one of the best trilogies ever, but So <laughs> it went downhill. Um, but Fincher resurrected his career even ha- after having a great opportunity that turned into a bad one, and then like now he's had now he could be probably considered up there with James Cameron. But Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott and James Cameron were both already well known. Was was uh, no, I don't think they were. I think that was Ridley Scott's first big film. Ridley Scott is pretty like he's not nearly well as James loved Cameron. as now because he really only made three significant movies: Gladiator, Blade Runner, and Alien. And uh, Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah, he did make that, that but I don't think... It's not, it's it's not nearly as popular. It's a more of a niche movie, you're right. Those yeah. three are uh, much bigger than, than the rest Those of the three story. are all really good, though. Blade Runner's probably my least favorite, but I need to rewatch that one. I need to watch I that. I love Gladiator. It's on Hulu right it's now. It's in top ten of, for me of all time. Wait, what? Gladiator? Gladiator and Alien, I've been told probably. that Gladiator is very good by uh, several people, including the Oscars, actually, because didn't it win Best Picture? <laughs> I don't know. I think it did. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it won Best Picture. And it has Joaquin Phoenix in it, so, you know. Well, Joker. He's one of the best villains uh, I've seen in movies so far. Probably top ten. I don't know if he's a super high, but he's really good in it. Yeah, so I'm working through Fincher. The only guy who's, I've really got through most of his filmography is Tarantino. I haven't watched Death Proof, but I'm getting around to it. I swear, Brian, if you're out there, I'm going to watch it some one of these days. Um, so anybody else? I mean, Eisenberg is sort of like, I feel like his. if you would have invested in him, his, his career is sort of like plateaued maybe. It yeah. hasn't necessarily gone. I he's don't think Batman it's gone up Superman. or down. I think it's just always. Yeah, he's a very consistent actor. He's is, good in the Snyder This cut. is like the biggest um, movie that he, he was. Oh, is because he's less Lex Luthor. But this is like, other than like, I guess he was in Zombieland. Like, those are big movies. But this yeah. is probably one of the most important ones that, that he's been in. For a familiar face, he's not in that many movies. That's yeah. true. Um, and I, yeah, I, he has a very distinct, I guess, presence. So you would notice him if he's in a movie. But he's not actually in a ton. And then uh, Army Hammer would be a terrible investment. What was he in, like, Lone Ranger after this or something? I don't know. I feel like he's a relatively popular actor, but I can't think of anything he's in. Uh, the only other thing I can think of is Lone Ranger, and that was a bust. So um, He is actually 6'5", though. So Yeah. Um, he was in, oh, yeah, Call Me By Your Name. That's, like, an Indian film. The Man from Uncle. That's that was that was a big that was Guy Ritchie. So I guess he's been in stuff. Yeah. The only uh, one I've heard of there's Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. And then let me think. Who, who else is in this movie? Um, uh, Justin Timberlake. You would think, but I'm not sure he would actually be that great of an investment, at least from an acting standpoint. I mean, he's in Trolls. <laughs> yeah. So that's he's true. done something. Yeah, and it was like the his first music straight not... to streaming movie of last year. Trolls World Tour was. Oh man, I've heard that was bad. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I haven't. That's Come not on, high on my priority Come list. On. I yeah, I tried it, in terms of 2020 movies. I tried watching ones that I have bet would be somewhere in the Oscars, so I can actually watch it and understand it. And that's not on there, so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. high in my priority list at all. Hey, if you haven't watched a Palm Springs from 2020, I know you have and you have, but like everyone else, no, I haven't. 
You haven't, I haven't seen Palm seen Springs? It. I mean, I know it's not going to be like in the Oscars, yeah. but I loved it. It was yeah. amazing. It was very fun. Have you have you seen Trial of Chicago? The Trial of Chicago Seven. I haven't. It's on my Netflix list, but I yeah. have not seen it That's yet. It's probably my second favorite. I like Tenet, Trial of Chicago Seven, and Minari, which I got a screening for on A twenty four. Would Minari count as twenty twenty one? No, it's it's a twenty twenty release. So is Nomadland also twenty twenty? Yeah, Nomadland. I think it was in my top ten, but I didn't love it as much as other. Yeah, people a lot did. of people like really liked it, but I, I mean. That's Minari's my favorite. I'll have to watch both but of them Minari, at some point. Minari costs a lot of money if you want to rent it. I spent I probably too much money to rent that movie. <laughs> yeah, because the way that A24 is trying to make money off yeah. of it. But it was my favorite movie of 2020, so that, it might yeah. be worth it. It might be worth I it. I saw like 30 movies last year, and uh, it's, that at, is, it's at number one. That is one thing that I'm not as good at is, is keeping up with new movies that yeah, come out. I tried out. to do it this year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really good with music in that regard, but not, not movies. Um, any, I, I mean, yeah, Fincher, I mean, there's always, Andrew Garfield's probably a good investment, he's probably gonna be in other big stuff, mm-hmm. and everyone else is just sort of like, they're probably like good actors, and some of them might have even been in other big movies, but they wouldn't strike me as like the people who would be fast risers necessarily. I do think we also have to uh, state the fact that this movie came out like five or six years after the story takes place. And then it probably started production even earlier than that. Well, they want to make a sequel. Aaron Sorkin wants to make a sequel, but really? he'll only do it if David Fincher comes in. Which, and David Fincher is not going to yeah, do that. Yeah, he, he doesn't do, like sequels. He doesn't like sequels. Uh, well, Alien 3, you wonder yeah, why he doesn't but like that was, he only did one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he wants to make multiple of any movie. No. And most of his movies don't really... Even this movie, I don't think really... I don't know that... Mm-hmm. I mean, There's, I trust Aaron Sorkin, but I don't know that this movie could really... Yeah. There have been some big itself. Facebook things since then there have been a lot of controversies right. he's been he's, that's what he i think that's what he wanted to adapt some of the controversies that they i'm sure mark zuckerberg would love that yeah mark zuckerberg <laughs> especially the privacy stuff. his stock probably went down after this yeah. movie. i think it was the privacy stuff is like the thing he wants to do which i don't know it could work if he gets the, some of the cast back i would watch it yeah yeah i would watch it i would watch it too obviously feedback have we gotten a lot of feedback i mean not really other than we heard from uh Bernie, which we talked about, and so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that was cool. And so, our final conclusions about the movie. I think this is one of the most well-made movies, uh, or well-made biopics. I don't know that I've seen that many biopics, but it's probably the most w- w- well-made biopic. Like, I guess the Mister Rogers one's the only have other you seen one. Bohemian Rhapsody. I have not seen Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. I heard that one was not very good. I liked it. Yeah, he some liked. Pe- some people lot, liked though. it though. I it seemed Queen, to be yeah. pretty in the middle yeah. for a lot of so people. So it's a good biopic with like some fancy editing and you should watch it because it's important and Quentin Tarantino likes it. Anyway. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I think that this movie is well edited, well made, well acted by the core characters. Maybe not some of the side characters, but overall I think this movie is top watch. Top watch. Mm-hmm. Mm, top watch. It's in my top three of all time. Uh, and yeah, it's really good. Okay, so Jake, uh, thanks for coming on the Movie Vault. And uh, we always say this every week, but next week we don't know what movie we're doing because we usually base it around what guest is, guest is coming on, and we never plan that far ahead. So it just shows our yeah. I was I'm pretty sure I was invited yesterday. Yes, <laughs> yes, you were invited yesterday. This is the truth. So um, we'd love to have you on again if you want to come on again sometime. But we get it. We we do uh, procrastinate a lot, so mm-hmm. this whole process took a while. Um, but uh, so it, so we close the vault after every episode. We're very like meta with our vault. Like we we Zach and I live in this vault. It's kind of our our home, and and we go in back in every week with and we we added this movie to the collection. So now we have twenty seven movies 
that we can watch. Mm. Okay. Um, I think we're you, about to be and, on the second shelf. And you can close. Oh, the second shelf. Mm. How many are There's we? Only, it can only hold about thirty movies. Thirty per movies shelf. per shelf. Yeah. What happens when we run out of shelf space? We just buy a new one. New vault. <laughs> no, new shelf. Okay. Well, what if what if we fill up all the shelves possible with the space in the vault? Then we renovate the. Vault well, we could build like larger. a library thing, like down the center, because we don't need that much space. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. We could just yeah. we could just get rid of the shelves and start stacking them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Do, would you like to close the vault? You can just make any n- closing noise that comes to your head. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Army Hammer. <laughs>